You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. And our host, Jonathan Harrison. Welcome, boys. Cram session number two. First question for you, boys, today. With DeMarcus Cousins most likely missing the rest of the playoffs and set for free agency this offseason, it's likely he's not going to get a mega deal contract he was hoping for. So, with that in mind, if you're the new Wolves president of basketball operations, do you take the chance... Do you take a flyer on DeMarcus Cousins for one or two years? Who goes first? Rami? I'll lead it off. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. If you're going to capitalize on the Carl Anthony... Are you feeling okay still? Hold on a second. I'm feeling great. I'm a DeMarcus Cousins guy. No, you're not feverish. I always okay. have been, even when he was a crazy person. I'm sorry person. to interrupt. I'll back He's up. still a crazy person, by the yeah. way. Just no, not as crazy. You didn't see? He doesn't want to be Boogie anymore. He wants to be DeMarcus. He's settled down. He's adulting now. So Johnny Manziel wants to be John, and DeMarcus doesn't want to be Boogie anymore. Exactly. You can't be called Johnny after, like, 15. Come on. Get it straight. So Danny, yeah. shouldn't, Danny Cunningham shouldn't Should be Danny and Cunningham? He can be Danny. He should be Daniel. You overcompensate the other way. You're you're not Johnny. You're Jonathan. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Phil loses this point. <laughs> Phil's out. Recuse yourself. <laughs> my point is very mm, simple Jonathan, about Jonathan. Why? On my English Premier right, League. You're oh, back hey. in my good graces. Hi, everybody. <laughs> A guy named Judd is laughing at that. <laughs> Is Judd short for something, or is it just Judd? No, it's just Judd. Is that Judley? No, no, not Judson. Judathan? No. No? Just Judd. Judathan. Judathan. Let's, let's name him Judathan. <laughs> Hello, I'm Judathan Zolgad. Off the streets of Minnetonka, yeah. Okay, what was the question again? Oh, yeah, DeMarcus Cousins. Would you sign him on the cheap? I absolutely would, because if you're going to capitalize on the Carl Anthony Towns era, which right now all we know is that you have him for the duration of one max contract, which technically I think kicks in next season, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to get max player performance out of somebody who's not getting max player money because you're not going to get it from Andrew Wiggins. So you're going to somehow have to put together a big three that includes Carl Anthony Towns, maybe Andrew Wiggins as the third guy in that big three, maybe, and I don't even know if you can do that, but somehow, some way, you're going to have to get max performance from somebody who's not making max money, and I don't see a better bet out there unless you find some sort of diamond in the rough in the draft. I don't see a better bet out there to do that, not that it's a sure thing, than DeMarcus Cousins on a cheap contract. I mean, for I, I, I'm sort of torn on this because I think he showed enough coming back from injury that 
it's not just necessarily a one-year flyer. I don't know if he... I, I think some team might say, you know what? We saw enough in the 20 games or whatever he played that he's not going to get a max contract, but he's going to get something fairly significant. Here's the thing. The Timberwolves just don't have a lot of cap room. I think they're pressed up near the cap now that Jeff Teague has reportedly exercised his uh, player option. and that's They are right at the cap. Yeah, so they're like... They're at it. Uh, so they'd have to get real tricky. Now, obviously, if you could if you could attach a first-round pick to Andrew Wiggins and unload that to a team with cap space and not take a bunch in return, maybe you take a one bad contract in return. So I, I almost think you know, if you had the cap space, totally in on this. But if it's limited cap space, even if you're squeezing, uh, I, I, just, I just don't think it's a fit. I'm going to say no. Um, this is simple. Absolutely, positively not. He's got a torn left quad now. He came. He had to come back during the course of this season from a torn Achilles, Jonathan. He's going to be 29 on opening night, 2019-20. Uh, I am done. I'm also done with the president of the Tibbs Old Folks Home of, oh, you're an aging veteran and you know something, so, so join our team. The other thing is, I don't care if he's Boogie, if he's Demarcus, if he's Demarco, if he changes, if he if he wants to be called Mister Cousins. Guess what? I have real concerns about this guy's demeanor and him growing up. And I am done introducing people to my team who potentially are going to have an adverse effect or make life more difficult on Carl Anthony Towns. I am out on this guy completely. There's too much baggage there. He's been hurt. For all we know, he might be done. Let him go somewhere else. All right. There was only one true answer to this. Only one of you guys answered it because we had Judd no. Phil was sitting on the fence. Rami was yes. Rami's correct Thank because you. you absolutely do take this Thank opportunity you very much. to add DeMarcus Cousins to Anthony to Carl Anthony Towns. That those two paired together, both from Kentucky, both big men. That's too much to handle. Could you argue that it didn't work in New Orleans? That the same when they when they well, paired it was up, working until Boogie got hurt. Yeah. I don't know if it was working. Weren't they a borderline playoff team even with those two guys? I, I thought, thought they played better without him. Maybe we can fact check that. You might be right, but I thought it was working with. He those just two. shot threes too. He just sat out there and yeah, he he shot threes. That became his no job. No problem with that. All right, you're so, wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> he's never wrong. Well, he's giving points host, out in this so in this segment. The host, don't is, wanna... the host is still wrong, right? All right, so with Lindsey Whalen's jersey being retired by the Lynx, who is the next Minnesota athlete to have their jersey retired, past or present, that hasn't had it retired yet? We're taking Joe Maurer because he's already getting his retired in June, and we're taking KG out of it as well because we all know it should be retired. It's a crime that it hasn't been retired already. Okay, Judd? The KG thing is is just... So we, we can talk about this a little bit, a complete embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Like, this this is embarrassing. Glenn, It'll happen. It'll happen. Right, but Glenn, Glenn, call Kevin and do whatever you have to do to apologize and say, next season opening night, let's get 21 in the rafters. It is a complete joke. And it, it adds to the Timberwolves being a punchline that Kevin Garnett, one of the great players in this league probably of all time, does not have his 21 in the rafters in downtown Minneapolis. All of that being said, this is a very, very simple answer for me. I've written columns about this. Phil and I have talked about this. The fact that he is in the Vikings ring of honor is simply not enough because he changed the game of football as we know it to this day completely. Randy Moss's 84 should not be worn by any other player. This is so, so simple. Randy Moss joined the Vikings in 98. And he didn't just change that team. He did that, too. 
but he changed the entire thought process of this league, of of the passing game. Randy Moss, in my opinion, was the first guy that league officials looked at, executives, and said, oh my gosh, look at what this kid can do. And and with a halfway decent quarterback, it basically it turned the game from being exciting and fun to showtime, sexy, just great to watch. Randy Moss, the Vikings are selling him short. Every time somebody else gets 84, I know the argument of football year after year is, well, there's not enough jersey numbers to go around, and that's okay. That's fine. Ring of Honor is great for guys who impacted your team and were fantastic. Randy Moss impacted the rest of the league yeah. to this day. Number 84 belongs retired in, in U.S. Bank Stadium, and the fact it's not is an oversight by the Vikings that someday hopefully gets corrected. Yeah, do, do you think it is that, fo- that football teams are so stingy just because rosters, there's 53 guys yes. on a roster, and each position yeah. group has a, right? Correct. Like You can't just retire yeah. a bunch of different numbers. But I agree with you in that... Randy Moss reaches a certain level, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the Minnesota Wild for mine. You know the Minnesota Wild have two retired jersey numbers. Number 99 is retired across the entire league in Wayne Gretzky, and the other number retired by the Wild is number one for Wild fans. <laughs> That's so funny. And can I, can I tell you a little antidote? So back in Milwaukee, antidote or anecdote? Anecdote, okay. whatever. The I ho- need some antidote for this. <laughs> the, the, the host, the host of our Brewers post game show, is like the most warm and fuzzy Brewers fan you'll ever meet, and he had this bright idea of we should retire number ten for Brewers fans because they're so special. And we all laughed at him. We laughed at him on the air. We were like, dude. That's a stupid idea. Brewers fans are great, but they ain't that special. And then I walked into the XL Energy Center for our station outing <laughs> for that wild game. And I look up into the rafters, and the number one for fans is hanging there. And I could not stop laughing at that notion. That well, is hilarious. So I would, I, so, and this is all due respect to diehard season ticket holding wild fans who pay a ton of money to, to go to an amazing arena and cheer on the team. But that honor was bestowed on October 11th, 2000, before they played a game. Opening night. You can't give that jersey to the to the rafters before the fans prove themselves. I mean, how did you know the fans were going to be good in the first place the second time around with this new team? Now, I think they've been great because they've sold that arena out for like 20 years. My beef is make the fans prove it over the course of five or ten years. Let's make some noise in that arena before we hang the number one jersey for Wild fans. So I want Miko Koivu's number to be the next you, one why to be retired. Why, why did you say that? Because he's been one of the best players in Wild history. He's probably <laughs> going to retire sometime in the next two or three years. Put so they, they can do it in the next five years. It's not going to take very long. And they can have an actual Wild player in the rafters for a retired jersey. No Wild player deserves it. <laughs> Number nine in hockey is a sacred digit. Miko Koivu can be in your ring of honor. You're doing this to annoy me. You do this on purpose. <laughs> no, I, no. You did this on purpose. What? You're trolling me. No, Miko Koivu. No. He is so agitated That's not right true. now. Miko Koivu is the greatest player in Wild franchise history. Am I wrong? Who, I'm just going to let, gonna let that just hang out there. He's the greatest player in Wild And you're the history. greatest host in Score North history. I ain't retiring your number. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the three best players in Wild history? Gabrick would be one of them. 
Number 10, I'm not going to retire that, though, because it was too short-lived. Parisi's in there. Parisi Parisi and Parisian Suter. I mean, Koivu? Koivu, but Koivu's, <laughs> it's longevity. I'm not retiring his number because he's going into my ring of honor. That's what, he he's the opposite of Moss. Do they have rings of honor in hockey? Well, they they can, okay? I'll give them one. You're, you've That's made up an idea. honor for him. That's my <laughs> idea for the wild. Does I do nothing. a video tribute? Oh, my dog Stella, if she went to the arena, would get a video tribute. In hockey, they give one to every schlep that comes around. I hope schlep's an okay word. I think it's okay. Okay. Then. I'm not sure. Rami, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I hope that this is a valid answer to this question, Judge Jonathan. Um, <laughs> oh, don't hear that. Suck up. I, I agree with what Judd said, that Kevin Garnett should have his number retired, but that doesn't seem to be in the near future. Um, I agree Randy Moss should have his number retired, but that doesn't seem to be in the near future. I don't know hockey well enough to pick anybody off the wild, and I didn't want to agitate Judd like Phil just did, so I'm not going to say anybody off the wild. And I can't think of anybody recently in the Minnesota sports scene who is deserving of said honor. So my answer to this question would be Carl Anthony Towns. But the whole thing with Carl Anthony Towns hinges on them getting this thing right in the next two years to make sure Carl Anthony Towns is happy and wants to be here for the long run and beyond this contract. And I don't have faith that they can do that. So I can't even confidently say Carl Anthony Towns. My answer is that person hasn't put on a Minnesota sports uniform yet. They have not existed in the Minnesota sports scene just yet. They don't play for the Wolves. They don't play for for the Twins. They don't play for the Vikings. They don't play for the Wild. They don't play for Minnesota United or anybody else. They are yet to come the next person to have their wow. number retired in the Minnesota sports scene. Wow. All right. I mean, that wouldn't be entirely shocking based on Minnesota sports the last 25 or 30 years. So. All right, who wins that round? I really did like Judd's answer, because I do agree Randy Moss should have his number retired, but I am a fan of when you two go at it, so <laughs> Phil wins this one. Cause oh, that's a bunch of crap! Just for trolling? Of all I, just time. Gave, I gave you a great answer! Just one just for trolling? Yeah. Phil Wait, no, I, I, no, I win for trolling, right? Yeah, no, he won for, no, no, he won for trolling. Okay. Wow. I love a good troll. Wow. Right, so one-to-one one going into question number three. Threw you a curveball, no, put a lot of thought no into points. that answer. I, gave you, I was writing notes wow. down, you unappreciative. <laughs> wow. I did appreciate your answer, but... Well, if you like the troll job on that one, I'm excited for question three. (laughs) Well, you're going to answer this wrong, actually. I'm going to get it right, so I'll I'll get this point. All right. So the Tampa Bay Lightning got bounced in four games in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs after being easily the most dominant team in the NHL this year. They finished with 128 points. The next closest was 107. Their goal differential, 103 to the next closest of 62. So I want you guys to tell me why this isn't the most embarrassing ending to an extremely dominant season in sports history. It's not the most embarrassing ending because hockey is random. Yeah, I knew this was coming. Random. I knew this was coming. (laughs) That's right. Hockey is random. That is my answer. Okay, now I'm sure you're not going to get the point, so now it's between Rami and, and me. Rami? The 2007 New England Patriots went undefeated all the way up until the Super Bowl. A great regular season for the Tampa Bay Lightning, sure, but 
they crapped the bed as soon as they got to the playoffs. The Patriots made you think that they were going to finish off the most incredible and unlikely of NFL seasons in the history of the NFL, only to choke it away in the Super Bowl. So they took their run farther and longer and had more people on that hype train than the Tampa Bay Lightning did and then blew it. So I say the 2007 New England Patriots trump the 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning. Actually, the way that this question <clears throat> is worded by Jonathan oh, is... God. He's going to get into semantics. Absolutely perfect. Because the question is, why is this not the most embarrassing and to an extremely dominant season in sports history? In fact, it is. It is the most embarrassing finish. You got swept out of the playoffs. Now, the fact is, Columbus outcoached you. They were prepared completely. Columbus, the Blue Jackets are a good team. So so credit to them, and they actually had a system and the goaltending to win the, the series. But the answer to your question is jo- hockey Jonathan, is random. Sorry, sorry. Is, the answer to your question, Jonathan, is this is the most embarrassing finish of all time because you got swept and you won 62 games, which tied the record in your league. It's completely embarrassing. I disagree with my partner here because... It's not randomness when you get completely outcoached and there's a system to beat you and the goaltender on Columbus plays extremely well. I don't find that random. I find that to be what's fantastic about sports. But with the brilliant way that you sat down at the typewriter and worded this question, you are correct. It's the most embarrassing. Jonathan, you know why the Patriots don't lose to the Texans in the first round of the AFC playoffs? (laughs) Because football's not random. Okay, well, once again, Judd didn't answer the question. Which seems to be a I said it is the most embarrassing. But I asked why it wasn't. I was asked. I, w- I wanted you to defend that it's not the. I mean the. But his answer because, is that he can't. Like yeah. it's it's embarrassing because well, because Columbus question because Columbus was completely prepared for them and outcoached them. Or was it because hockey's random? <laughs> <laughs> you tell us. You know, are you are you really a soccer guy going to turn on hockey? <laughs> <laughs> are you really going to turn on hockey? I like Rami's answer here because it was a little bit embarrassing that they got all the way, but I still think this is way more embarrassing that they just got bounced right in the first round. But again, hockey's random. Phil, you're the winner today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this was all geared up. You know what? You, you know what? The fix Rami, was in. The fix was the in. The fix exactly was right. in all along. The fix was in. Phil Mackey here from the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. We've made it easier than ever to find our team-centric Minnesota sports podcast. Wherever you subscribe to podcasts, just search Score North. That's S-K-O-R. And you'll find Score North Vikings, for instance, which includes Purple Daily, Purple Podcast, and Vikings Ventline. Score North Wolves includes Rays by Wolves, Myron Medcalf on hoops and more. Score North Twins includes Touch 'em All, Royce on Baseball, and more, and so on. Just search Score North, S K O R, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Football. Come on! Football! 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 Yeah! Football! Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North. Uh, quick plug for Purple Daily, which is the only five-day-a-week Viking show in the Twin Cities, in the country, in the world. I don't know, but for sure in the Twin Cities, the only five-day-a-week Viking show. Probably the world, I think you're saying. I'm going to say year the world. Round. Yeah, I'm going to say the world. Yeah, year-round. confidently say that. And it's actually, it's more than five days a week, oftentimes, especially when Vikings Vent Line comes into the Yeah, mix. you're right. 
And you can listen to Purple Daily live on Score North at noon every single day. Or uh, the Score North mobile app is a great thing to have on your mobile device. And you can listen on demand. Just search Score North Vikings anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Judd and I feasted on the schedule today. Like, we really dug in, and mm, it was tasty. By segment, basically, yeah. right? segment by segment. Oh, we just feasted on that schedule. Man. It was yummy. That's a really good segue, actually, because uh, there's only one man who hasn't feasted on the Vikings schedule and predicted game-by-game wins and losses. Let's go quickly through this <laughs> so that Jonathan Harrison can be on the record, our producer. All right. I'll Hold throw out the now. games. You throw out the wins and losses. Judd and Rami can throw out insults at you. The fraudulent right. judge. <laughs> yeah, exactly Jonathan right. Harrison. Exactly wow, right. I mean, I gave you a point, and you're still didn't give me, me a point. Okay. Put a lot of thought into that one. number of retirement. My answer. great answers. Put so much thought into that. But Jonathan likes trolling. Week you didn't one. Didn't even give me one. How did you? How did you put thought into that? Because I, I thought beyond. I thought outside the box, Jonathan. I, I didn't just pick I don't a want player. The box thinking. <laughs> no, that's too much work for me. All right. Which is why he's the fraudulent judge. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Simple. Week one, home against Atlanta. It's a home win. It's the home opener. They have quarterbacks. The Vikings typically get quarterbacks that do well at in the season opener. Vikings win here. Okay. Week two at Green Bay. Two days after this game is the marks the thousandth day since the Packers last beat the Vikings. I think that will be on the Vikings scoreboard all week. They'll want to get to one thousand days without losing to the Packers. They'll win here. You think the Vikings have a like a countdown? Just <laughs> Let's get to the thousand days. So Might you're well. saying you're saying that's a win for the Vikings. It's a win for the Vikings. Been They're gonna win. Sixty-eight days since the last accident and the last loss to the Packers. <laughs> Home against Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> Oakland, this is a win. It's too easy. Oakland's oh. not that good. At Chicago. That's a loss. Easy. There's at, just yeah, it's a loss. At the Giants. Win. New York stinks this year. Home against Philly. That's a loss. I don't see how they win that one. I know Judd keeps saying that it's on their that Zimmer won't let it happen, but I see a loss here. At Detroit. That's a win. Detroit's not good. Home against Washington. Case Keenum and AP revenge game. This is a loss. Wow. You and Judd drinking yep. from the same mm-hmm. water bin. At Kansas City. <laughs> That's a loss. Kansas City's too dang good. So you have like the wheels coming off after an amazing start, basically. <laughs> okay. At Dallas. I don't understand why this one's prime time. I don't think Dallas is that good. And I mean... Apparently, I don't think the Vikings are going to be that good. I'll go with the Vikings with an away win this year. What this week time. is that, Vikings and Dallas? In week 10. Time? And is that Sunday night? Mm-hmm. Yes. Are they flexing by then? They're flexing by then. I, I think they? that's the first week of flex. Correct. I think they might get flexed out of that game. Right. I agree with Jonathan. I don't, I don't think Dallas does. I don't I don't see the prime time People watch draw. Dallas. People will watch Dallas. You don't, yeah. want to watch, you, know, you don't want to watch two first place teams go at it in week 10. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Whatever no, you can, whatever floats your boat. No comment. <laughs> Home against Denver, week 11. Rami's like, why the hell did I take this job? <laughs> Joe Flacco's not elite. This is a loss. Or this is a win for the Vikings here. Okay. <laughs> bye week. And then at Seattle on Monday night after the bye. New $120 million or $140 million man, Russell Wilson, gets another win. Prime time over the Vikings. Home against Detroit. Uh, win for the Vikings. Detroit's not good. At Chargers. Uh, the Vikings in a in an MLS stadium on prime time. I'm going to go a loss here for the Vikings. Green Bay home Monday night revenge game for Aaron Rodgers for making it over a thousand days now for the Vikings. Green Bay gets the gets the <laughs> wow. win. And then home against Chicago. Unlike last season, the Vikings aren't going to collapse at home. 
they're going to get the win here against Chicago. Will it matter with their record? I don't think it'll matter. It will not because they will be seven and eight going into that game, according to Jonathan's <laughs> yeah, prediction. Yeah, so they will after a three and zero start in a road win at Green Bay and uh, finishing eight and eight. I think that definitely gets everyone fired. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say right. Purple start three and zero. They don't make it. They don't make it through the season. Change, Clearly, change. I'm optimistic about this team. I was like, "Where's is John Lincoln with thirteen and three on us after three and zero? I'm shocked. If you would have said after three games, odds that this is an eight and eight schedule that Jonathan gives us here in the next fifteen. We had it after four and zero a couple seasons ago. They went eight and eight. Wasn't it four and zero or was it five and zero? No, two thousand sixteen. Five and zero. Yeah, five and zero, and then they ended up going eight and eight. They were five or six and zero. Yeah, going into the bye. Yeah, they and went. They came out of the six and zero start in 03 when they went nine and seven and missed yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. And the wheels completely so it's not came like it's off. Completely unheard of. Yeah, it's actually frequent, apparently. In, <laughs> yes. like, Do you guys believe Kyle Rudolph when he said at his, I don't know what you would call it, uh, I guess off-season uh, workout kickoff press conference, when he says, all you guys who are ragging on me and calling for my demise, Judd and Matthew and all you score northerners, do you think Kyle Rudolph is just entering the prime of his career, like he says? I'll, I'll just go quickly. No. He's not, listen, it's not his demise. He is who he is, which is not a bad player, but he's nowhere. But it, but to paint this picture that he is uh, um, Ertz or anywhere near, let's say, a Gronk, not Gronk, but let's just say in that area code, he's not. So, no, this is, but to me, this is not about, well, I was great or he was great. And, and we're talking about uh, him like he has fallen off this cliff. He was, he's a nice player, but that's it. So so it's almost like he's defending himself like he was fantastic. To me, he is never he is not a bad player. I'll be very clear about that. But he's never lived up to the expectation that we all had, which was he could move into that very elite and by the way, small group of great receiving tight ends. To me, it's that uh simple. So he's almost sort of misjudged this by acting like we're saying your your career is going downhill. No, you just were never that fantastic. I don't know the numbers. You can make numbers say whatever you want them to say if you if you know how to how to how to work them. And you could make the case that Kyle Rudolph is still a very good player, and you could make the case that Kyle Rudolph doesn't have a lot left in the tank. This is from the article today at the Athletic. And Judd, you said he's not Rob Rob Gronkowski or Jimmy Graham or one of these guys. But since he was a second round pick in 2011, he's fourth among tight ends in touchdowns behind. Only Rob Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham, and Antonio Gates, but 33rd in receiving yards per game. So that's the big picture of the good and the bad when you talk about Kyle Rudolph. And you, if you look at his numbers just from last year, a high in yards per target at 7.7, 64 catches on 82 targets. That was the best catch percentage, 78% of all tight ends who played at least 10 games. And it was the fourth straight season in a row that Rudolph has started all 16 games after he had injury problems early in his career. So that's the good. The bad is just four touchdowns last season, the least he's had since 2014. Just eight red zone receptions, down from 14 a year before that, and 15 two years earlier, and the second most in the NFL that season. So my question when we talk about Kyle Rudolph, who has been better than what we saw last year, is how much of the drop-off in Kyle Rudolph is just the natural decline of a tight end who's approaching yeah. age 30, and how much of the drop-off for Kyle Rudolph, where there were drop-offs, because like I said, some of the numbers are promising, how much of that was 
Kirk Cousins and an offense that never really hit on all cylinders. I think I think you hit on the age thing here. Although I, I if I could rephrase on behalf of Kyle Rudolph, I would I would have said instead, it's it's more accurate to suggest that he has multiple productive years left than to say he's just entering his prime because there's so much evidence in the last fifteen or twenty years. I I don't know if I grabbed all of the top ish tight ends of the last ten or fifteen years, but I was curious. When are the peak years for pass catching tight ends the last ten or fifteen years in a in a pass happy league? And then when do guys either retire or really start to fade out? And Rob Gronkowski, his peak was age twenty five to twenty six, retired by twenty nine. Although I he could probably still grind out a few mediocre years if he really wanted to. And he might still. He might decide he wants to come back. He put a dent in the Super Bowl trophy. That didn't was he? hilarious. Did you guys see the footage <laughs> squared of up him to actually yeah. doing it? Yeah. It's so funny. It's completely Gronk. It's absolutely Gronk. Uh, Jimmy Graham, you mentioned, Rami. Well, his peak, he's still in the league at like 32. His peak was 25 to 27. It's not pretty. Yet. So he's five years past his prime. And just grinding out, he'll catch you know 40 passes or whatever. He had 10 touchdowns a couple years ago. Uh, Jason Witten, his peak was 25 to 30. Vernon Davis, his peak was 25 to 29. Heath Miller, 27 to 30. Jeremy Shockey, 25, 26. And then he just kind of coasted for five years. Antonio Gates, still in the league and still I productive. literally forget he's still in the league. For like yeah. two years now, I see him catch a touchdown or something. I'm he like, retired for a while, right? Oh, he's yeah. like 38. He's still around. He's 38, and his peak was 10 years ago. I thought they convinced him to come back. or Because, yeah, he, he I think, was definitely going to retire at one point in the past couple of years and then came back. Yeah. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, his, his peak was, now his peak actually did last until about 31 or 32, and then he retired at 37. But, like, all of... All of the different comps you could make, and some of these guys are way better than Rudolph, but our, their peak was three years ago for, for Kyle. Or or maybe it gets to age 30, and that's where he's emerging out of. But I, he could still be productive for four or five years. I'm not going to sure. deny him that. Yeah. But Phil, don't you feel, in watching him on a game-by-game basis throughout his career, don't you feel like, like at, at his peak of being his best, he's been a very nice, good player. But you've never, I, I've never watched him and thought, oh my God, there is a top three tight end. So, so and this, that's fine. Yeah, no, but the no, the notion, I feel like there's this notion among some that he was this phenomenal player at, at one time among the elite. And now he's saying, no, I'm still there. That's never to me been the debate. The debate has always been he is a nice player. And, and if you can get the most from him, that's fine. But I never put him in. I, I think it's, if you look at the stats from afar, it's easy to say, oh, that guy, I'd love to have that guy. But then you see him play on a week-by-week basis, and you say, that, okay, that's a nice player. But it's like Cousins. He's a nice player. Yeah. But but statistically, if you looked at what he did with Washington, just the total stats, you said to yourself, got to have yep. him probably. And now you say, okay, he's okay. There were a few years there, and probably age 25, 26, 27 years, where... As an outsider looking in, I always thought, I'd like to see what Kyle Rudolph could be if he had a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees or somebody who's made, you know, megastars out of tight ends in, in the offense that they play in. I thought, not, we don't know this for sure, but I watched him and thought, there might be something there that's a lot better than what we've seen. And he just hasn't been in the right situation with the right guy throwing him the football. But at this stage in his career, I think if, if, there ever was hope that he could be one of those upper echelon type of tight ends. I think those days are probably gone. You know who else is still amazingly still in the NFL as I go through <laughs> tight ends the last 10 or 15 years? Ben Watson. 
Is he still playing? <laughs> that dude played for the Patriots in like 2003. Yeah. Benjamin Watson, he was with the Saints last year. Wow. He's 38, going to be 39. Jimmy Graham is sad to watch now. It really is. Watching him try and play now, because he was a really nice player, is sad. And I tried to tell people last year when he signed with the Packers, everybody, and there is truth to this, everybody thought the reason Jimmy Graham's production dropped off was because Seattle didn't know how to use him. They signed a pass-catching tight end and asked him to block like 30 40% of the time. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But while he was there not being used right, he also aged three years. So don't expect the Jimmy Graham who played for the Saints to walk into Packers camp because he's three, four years older than that guy ever was. Yes, the way that they used him did lead to a drop-off in production, but also getting older in the NFL doesn't help matters that much either. Yeah. So I don't. I, I think it's inaccurate to say just emerging into his prime. That's a little over the top. But like Kyle Rudolph could catch passes in the NFL for five more years and be absolutely and be yeah. fine. And if for the Vikings, it just now it depends on all right. Well, how much do you want? If that's, you want that to happen, how much are you compensating him in the salary cap league? Right? I just don't want him to cost nearly as much as he presently does. Yeah. Is it is it possible that? What he's saying is true that the Vikings haven't approached him about a restructure because now for the second time, I'm reading quotes from Kyle Rudolph who makes it seem like he is not only entirely agreeable to restructuring his deal, he would actually kind of prefer it. This is what he said. I would love to help our cap situation. If I can give us more room to bring in more players and better players, then you'd be foolish to turn something like that down. It doesn't make sense from a player's standpoint, but that's out of my control. That's between Rick Spielman, Rob Brzezinski, and my agent. I just come here to work every day. Like I said, I'm just trying to find out where I fit in. I can't imagine... That with $2 million of cab space, not even enough to sign your draft picks, and him being the only candidate for restructuring, there are a couple of trade candidates on the roster, but he's really the only viable candidate for restructuring. If that's what him and his representatives are saying behind the scenes, and the Vikings have not approached them yet, I'm I'm befuddled as to why that would be the case. Yeah. I have no idea. It is, uh, but but they're they're so smart with cap stuff, and they have no fear of approaching popular players. So there's, you'd love to be behind the curtain there and and get the why. Draft night trade maybe. I don't know. We told Royce yesterday, we're making you pick the Viking schedule, and he kind of cackled. But when we come back, I think you pick the Viking schedule. Let's do it. Ah, big games. <laughs> But uh, let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company here uh, quick. If, if you've got one of those old aging tight ends, fatigue might be an issue. They might need a nap. Probably shouldn't be driving late at night while tired. Those uh, Benjamin Watsons of the world. Staying rested and alert is the best way to ensure <laughs> that fatigue doesn't become an issue behind the wheel. In fact, almost 800 people died in accidents involving drowsy drivers just a couple years ago at last survey. Uh, it's, it's very easy to prevent. Don't drive when you're feeling tired. Most of these drowsy driving incidents occur late at night, between midnight, 4 o'clock in the morning. They can happen on rural roads. They can happen on uh, on major highways. It's a lot of single car accidents, however. So let's be alert and well-rested and keep our eye out for others who might be showing signs of fatigue. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. Rap with Roycey and Pat, we want to uh, do an experiment, an exercise with you in which we don't want your analysis. We just want the word win or loss for these 16 Vikings games. All right. All right. Atlanta yeah, at go. home. <laughs> win. 
Green Bay Road. When? Whoa. <laughs> Is this Patrick Royce? Oakland, home. When? Chicago Road. Loss. <laughs> Giants Road. Loss. Oh. Home. home, Philadelphia. Loss. At Detroit. Loss. Wow. Washington home. <laughs> One. Kansas City Road. Loss. Dallas Road. Loss. Denver home. Win. Bye week and then Seattle Road. Loss. Detroit at home. Win. Chargers Road. Loss. Green Bay home. Win. Chicago home. Mm, the Bears already have wrapped up the division, so I'll give them a win. What's that, 8-8? Eight 8-8, and, eight? Eight eight. and, eight. and I believe you... Eight so eight. This is crazy. We had Jonathan do the same thing. He also had them starting 3-0 and oh and finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. Look at you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, actually, when I, went through, when I went through it yesterday, I had them 6-2 and two in the first half and 3-5 and five in the second half. I had them losing the Bears to choke away a playoff spot, but I uh, I changed my mind on the Giants game today, so I got them at 8-8. Eight and eight. All right. So, Patrick... I had, them, I had them going into that Bears game at 9-6 and six and and taking another poop in the dome. You know how a bear, you know, the, the bears poop in the dome? Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> Never really thought about what they do in domes. Woods, perhaps. I mean, if you put yeah, a bear right. in a dome, I would imagine. It wouldn't be like I have to go to the bathroom because not, this is a dome. Right. He's not waiting. That's so exactly yeah. what mm-hmm. he's going to do. Yes, that's right. So I, I don't know. I, I, it was interesting. I did uh you know, some of the stuff about the uh, Harrison Smith being so fired up out there, uh, about the defense staying together. I think Anthony Barr sticking around, even though he can drive you crazy, uh, kind of told those boys that uh, you know, this is our last shot together here, fellas. Let's see what we can do, because uh, if they don't win, Xavier's gone, and a few other things are happening. So, Is the Mayak really going to do this to St. Thomas? I saw your tweets today. Uh, well, today they uh, they punted today. Now I haven't checked with anybody to see if you know what they said. Now they were never going to throw them out today. Okay, okay. They were going to try to change their bylaws so they could throw them out. And whether they actually did that or not, they said no action was taken today at the meeting. I think the fact we uh, were able to shine some light on this a couple of weeks ago uh, helped a lot because these uh, the anti-Tommy uh, forces were going to do this under the cover of darkness, and they've already uh, absolutely, you know, like if you're a coach and want to keep them in the league at another team, mm-hmm. you can't. They're all sworn to say nothing. You know, they're sworn to not say anything. Well, like if you're the coach at Concordia, okay, which has had a good rivalry with St. Thomas and has a great football tradition, and they're a great opponent for them. If you're Terry Horan, and I don't know, I haven't talked to Terry Horan, but I've been told by people he can't say anything publicly about this because of the Concordia administration, which might be anti-St. Thomas. So you cannot go out and speak your own mind they're uh they're just uh you know they're trying to do this as underhand as possible 
And it all started uh, when they beat St. Thomas night. When they beat St. Olaf ninety-seven to nothing, what two years ago? This is the St. Olaf president is the leader of this charge, and they've got a lot of votes. They uh, uh, the only knows for sure, I think, are uh, St. Thomas, St. John's, and probably St. Ben's. I, I, I think Bethel's a no, but that would put them a, still put them a nine. I I don't know uh, what. To, I was told earlier today that everybody thought they, it was a done deal, but they punted today. So I don't know. Maybe there is hope for sanity here. Yeah, uh, Pat, I think most people are focused on the negative, which is that the Twins lost 304 from the Blue Jays. I'm focused on the positive, which is Williams Astadio is back yeah. to 300, baby. <laughs> I was going to say exactly that. Willie getting two hits was uh, very important. He was 6 for 7 to start the season, and then what, 1 for 22 or something like that? I was very nervous. Because, you know, they're going to go to 13 pitchers here when all the uh, doubleheaders pile up, right? Uh, I mean, when all the, not the doubleheaders, but all the crowded schedules, you know they're going to go to 13 pitchers. And they got three, they have three catchers. Uh, I'm very nervous about, uh, and Sinel will be back here in probably another month, but uh, he'll be back. So, uh, yeah, we need Willie Hitton, that's for sure, uh, because... you know, Jason Castro could hit zero, right? And uh, he's still going to be around. And Garber's Garber's uh, done so well so far that he's going to stick around. So I, I don't know. But, hey, it's nice to see him get two hits. Eddie Ros- it's, it's, what's kind of bad is uh, Eddie Rosario was in heat the whole uh, the whole uh, roads at homestand, and they only went 3-3 uh, three and three on it. So, you know, Eddie, was, uh, Eddie hit some rockets, man. Judd brought up the possibility of sending Astadio down, too. They can't do that before La Tortuga Day a week from tomorrow at Target Field, can they, Pat? I don't know. I don't know. If, uh, Judd and I were trying to remember, was it yes, last night, Judd, or a couple nights ago? We, re- we were trying to remember. They had this this happen, uh, Rami. They, had a, a, they were giving away a T-shirt. It might have been Buxton, and, uh, and he was back in Rochester, you know, they, they, they've they had that happen to them in the last couple of years, but yeah. I can't remember who I it think was. It, it I, think it was Bion, I think it was Bion Ho Park. <laughs> oh, he was going to sing Calabello. You cut him off. Oh. Calabello. Hello, yes, Calabello. We didn't rush into that too soon, did we? Guy <laughs> <laughs> gets three hits, and we got to get out of Diddy and uh, wait for him. But this this guy's a better hitter than Calabello, so I, I have uh, a faith in uh uh, but, uh, boy, uh, Pineda, whew, he was throwing some cookies right in the middle of the plate there, and they smacked him. You know what Toronto is now, I believe, in this ballpark? I think they're 25-12 and 12 in uh, target field. Yeah, I think that's, yep, I think that's right from I, what I told they're, a couple nights ago. 25 and yep. 12, the, uh, and, uh, you know, they, they, Batista, I think, has, Still leads all visiting players. I think he did fourteen in uh, in Target Field and Encarnacion at ten or twelve, and uh, they uh, they used to just club them, and now they got a bunch of guys you never heard of, and they're still clubbing them. Yeah, uh, Pat, we will uh, catch you tomorrow. Thanks for joining. All right. Yes. yes all right, gentlemen. See eight and eight See after you, a three and zero start. Pat has him at. Uh, I believe he also just said Eddie Rosario was in the heat. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. No, no, he didn't. In the heat? Well, you know, just just another way to say he's heating up. (laughs)
The lily hitting the ball? I've never heard that term before, but I like it. Well, I'm going to start using it now. Well, you've heard it before, just not, not in, in that, relation to baseball. Not, yeah. right, not in that context. Well, as a kid who grew up on a hobby farm with horses, who got a little excited sometimes, I'll never forget the, the horses. No, the horses. <laughs> I mean, me sometimes, but not like you a horse. Make that clear. <laughs> Remember one time I asked mom, Mommy, what's sticking out from underneath the horse? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, Philip, that's what happens when the horse is in heat. So how does that relate to today's story about Eddie Rosario? Louisville Sluggers. <laughs> he was a little slow to that fly ball in the outfield. Like something was in the way. That was a little funny. That was good. That was very quick. Anyhow. All right. Good show, guys. Write that down tomorrow. Oh, I'm actually going to Vegas. I'll see you yeah, guys. Yeah, you're not on tomorrow, are you? See you guys. I'm going to go see Aerosmith in Vegas. All right. So if I'm, nice. not, if I'm not alive, someone Steven else Tyler take over Score North. Have fun. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Dog ad. Um, I'll talk to you later. Bye. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.